Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a talk about the Nightmare Hunt activity coming to Destiny in Shadowkeep. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. That should just take you right to my Twitch page as a redirect. We're not really supposed to put links in the descriptions anymore. I guess that hurts the YouTube videos. So I'm not doing that. I'm trying to make it easy for you to find me, though. If I'm live, you want to come hang out. Hit like and subscribe helps me out as well. Now, Nightmare Hunt's we don't have a ton of information, but I didn't want to talk about these activities because I think they're bringing something really good to Destiny that I'm hoping serves as a springboard for other activities in the future. We've been asking for a lot of things since Forsaken with respect to difficulty spectrum. I've been very, very hard on Bungie with respect to their challenging contents, not really challenging. I feel like it's a lot of false difficulty. I feel like it's a lot of you know relying too heavily on Delta and unfun modifiers like Extinguish. And it's been good to see them removing like the negative modifiers from Reckoning. I think modifiers need completely overhauled. And I think Nightmare Hunts can be a part of this conversation. They can kind of really try to bring things forward in a way uh, that is helpful and better for the RPG feel of the game and the depth and the grind. So the first thing we're going to walk through and talk about is the four difficulties. I was wrong. We saw three difficulties and then we saw the master difficulty on the calendar and I thought, oh, they got rid of Adept. There's actually four total difficulties on Nightmare Hunts. Second, I want to talk about reskin because uh, we do, we are seeing you know the old bosses and the old things used and obviously people are going to be like, is this just a reskin? And then lastly, modifiers and champions. These are different things that they're bringing to the game that we've not seen before. New modifiers that we, we don't know what they're doing and then the champions that are going to be inside the Nightmare Hunts as well as the Nightfall. So first, let's just talk about four difficulties. This is one of the things I'm actually more excited about than I probably really verbalize. I've had a lot of people come in and be like, what are you most excited about? And I generally talk about, oh, new guns, Eris Morn, and the moon. And that's probably the right answer for me. That's probably the accurate answer of like what I'm most excited about. But I haven't really talked about how I'm really, really pumped to see that they're bringing difficulty spectrum to the game. Because we've been asking for that for a while. And I don't know if this will ever make its way to the to the raids again, like a normal hard raid like we had in Wrath of the Machine and and King's Fall that I love so much. But when we thought there was only three, I was really excited. And then we saw four, and I got a little bit more excited, and here's why. We had concerns in the community about, well, if it's just three difficulties and they're adding Legend and Master you know, later, or Hero Legend and then Master later, what are we going to be able to do day one? Well, according to this, as long as you're in like the 820s, low 800s, you'll be able to do the Adept difficulty right away, which I don't know if that's going to help your power grind for raid readiness, but it'll be an activity you can hit the ground running with fairly early in your leveling grind after the content comes out and probably after you're done with the campaign. So, I thought that was a a really good decision. I was kind of defending not having it available right away because I was like, well, there's the campaign, but I do think it's probably good to say, no, yeah, we'll have something for, you know, the 800, 820 level difficulty while you're grinding, while you're leveling. It's more laid back. The other really good thing these four difficulty spectrums are bringing is matchmaking in challenging content. So we've had it confirmed that out of the four difficulties, Adept and Hero, the two lower ones, will have matchmaking. That also means Nightfalls are getting matchmaking. That's good news to people that have been wanting matchmaking to come to Nightfalls for a long time. So this is a good pivot for two reasons. Hardcore's giving a spectrum of difficulty that's not just, oh, it's a Delta and a Heroic like with Heroic Menagerie. So Hardcore should be excited about the fact that there's difficulty spectrum coming to the game, as well as Casual should be happy. Matchmaking is going to be coming to the harder content, and obviously you're going to have to sort out how you're going to want to do like Legend and Master difficulties if you're indeed wanting to, because there is no matchmaking there. But the really, really big thing I'm hoping to see land well with this is the sense of increased reward in harder content. We saw in one of the screenshots exotics go from being a rare to a common drop as the difficulty goes up. That's so exciting to see. We've been talking about that. I want reward you know, reward structure tied to difficulty structure. So if I'm going into harder content, there's a reason. We know resources are going to be there, like Ascendant Shards are going to be inside of the hardest difficulty, and that makes sense, right? If, if, if you're going into the hardest difficulty, you can get the best stuff for Armor 2.0, like leveling up your armor and Ascendant Shards are going to be in there. But also just seeing more commonly getting exotic drops might be really, really fun. If you're looking for a specific exotic, maybe they could do something with Xur that maybe increases the chances of getting a specific exotic and you can go run an activity like this where exotic drops are common and there's your exotic farm for maybe the stats you want on Shards of Galanor or something. So, 
very very pumped to see the four difficulties i don't think we want to understate what value that's bringing to the game with respect to matchmaking reward structure etc now reskin obviously a lot of people are are, gu- are gunning for this content already saying it's just a reskin the moon you know reusing enemies blah 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 okay listen i i get that but we haven't even played the content yet it doesn't really make a big difference if it's an ogre that looks like fogoth or doesn't Honestly, if I go into endgame content and I'm fighting a big giant boss, his appearance, if it's reminiscent or looks like Gaul or Fogoth or Omnigal, that doesn't really have a huge effect on my experience. If anything, as a long-standing fan of the franchise, I think I get a little more punch and a little more value bringing back iconic you know, bosses from Destiny 1 and even bringing back Gaul as a nightmare. So seeing old bosses from D1 actually makes me hope that there could be some maybe Destiny 1 gun influence. Maybe they're dropping weapons that look like or sound like or feel like Destiny 1 guns and people are going to be like, oh, it's a reskin. Again, what difference does it make if you're grinding for a gun if it has a reminiscent look to a D1 gun or a boss, sort of looks like a D1 boss? I think that's totally fine. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not super worried about it. Now, some people are speculating that we've seen footage of the Crota Raid. I, I deduced from one of the trailers we saw the, the lanterns, we've seen the bridge and we've even seen Crota in his throne room. We don't know what that is. Is that his nightmare hunt? When we hunt Crota, is that where we go? Is it, is it, uh, is it a separate mission? Is it a secret mission? I don't think they were going to show, show us a secret exotic mission by doing that. So it seems like they're likely going to be using the Crota Raid, uh, you know, uh, Crota's End, as either a strike Uh, part of the story mission or both and then potentially also going to be where he is for his nightmare hunt because he was in like a red glow and I'm pretty sure that's when they're a nightmare version of themselves we're going to go down there and have to fight him potentially also the red spiky weapons are those going to be from the dungeon or are those going to be from you know the the nightmare hunts themselves I think that the red spiky weapons are from the nightmare hunt I don't think they're going to suddenly do a, a, a loot pool for the dungeon I also think they've shown us enough of the dungeon to know it's not Crota's End. Uh, There's a lot of different things going on and traps and spinning things. And the footage we've seen of both Lanterns, the bridge, and Crota in his throne room did not look like the dungeon. That was shown in the context of like the other nightmares and the nightmare hunting. So I don't have a problem with reusing any of that stuff, honestly. And people are going to complain, but honestly, they're they're probably going to play anyway. Lastly, let's talk about modifiers and champions. First, they're introducing new modifiers, and I hope this sets us on a better path for modifiers influencing gameplay and loadouts. I'm really hoping they start to rely on modifiers and builds, loadouts, and strategy for challenge, as opposed to saying, it's a crazy delta, there's really punishing modifiers like blackout and glass, and extinguish. If they're going to shift away from that, and I hope that's what's happening, because they got rid of glass, and now they've removed negative modifiers from, from... the reckoning and they even admitted that blackout was kind of frustrating it's good to see them admit those things start going in a direction where modifiers are in there that make me use a different weapon or a different loadout or a different strategy and that's where the difficulty and the intelligence and the strategy comes from instead of making me hide behind boxes or stand in well of radiance or hide in a titan bubble i want strategy loadout guns and things of that nature to affect the gameplay in a way where i feel empowered i'm making those decisions and i'm doing those things to to potentially, you know, feel that sense of power and that sense of progression. Also, you've got the champions. They're showing up. There are modifiers on the artifact that can go into your gun for the barrier champions or the over over frick, I forget their names. There's a handful of champions in there that you can get different benefits on your gun to deal with their barrier shield or the fact that they're really really strong. I forget I forget what some of them are called like over it's not overcharge, but it's something like that. And the actual artifact is tied to that. There are mods on the artifact you can throw on. I believe we've seen Overload. Thank you. Overload Champions. There are mods for hand cannons, auto rifles, and bows. And again, that's a way to keep things fresh. Because next season, they could uh, nightmare hunts aren't going anywhere, okay? So the champions are probably still going to be around. The modifiers are still going to be around. They could introduce new champions, or they could give you mods for different weapons. If we recently did hand cannons, auto rifles, and bows, then it could be scouts, shotguns, and pulse rifles next season. So now you're using different weapons, different loadouts, different strategies to progress 
through this challenging content. The champions are also showing up in Nightfalls as a new way to ratchet up difficulties in Nightfalls. So this is not a siloed idea. They're not taking the champions and the modifiers and just shoving them into Nightmare Hunts. That's why I'm hopeful for the influence of this content. It's bleeding over into other places like the Nightfalls as a way, again, of challenging the player, making us try different things, different strategies, different builds. Modifiers and mods need to change what you're doing, not make you regret or avoid content, and that's why it's good to see it come out of Reckoning. They got rid of negative modifiers, and then seeing this influence of Nightmare Hunts on the rest of the game has me pretty excited. As always, there there should be a Q&A after this video. I think I'm going to split Q&A in half each day, so these double video days each get a Q&A session. So if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at SantaTheRage.com. As always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the question and answer session that came after my Nightmare Hunt activity talk. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now. You go to saynotorage.com. It'll bring you right to my Twitch channel. I'm usually live when these hit the feeds. If you hit like, subscribe, or follow me in all the other places, that also helps me as well. Uh, We're going to jump right into the questions here. You Rebel Scum says, when Eris says, become the thing that goes bump in the night, do you think that we should read too much into that or nah? I would think that since they said the guns we're crafting with her are kind of imbued with dark power, and you're going to be able to like detect when there are nightmares nearby and things like that, um, I would say... I would say that that is probably what she's saying. We're going to like maybe be using... And that maybe gives me hope that her weapons are going to have maybe like specific baby perks that that are darkness imbued and can do things to nightmares or something like that um so i would i would say maybe that's what uh she's talking about and not like i don't think we're going to be turning into like dark guardians or anything like that also become the thing that goes bump in the night i mean we became transcendent to go fight oryx maybe we're going to take on dark nightmarish powers to fight these nightmares maybe when we go into a nightmare hunt we have to use relics or or things in those areas that are not of the light i don't think we're going to go beyond that and be like whoa dark skill trees are on the way i don't i don't think so if that's if that's kind of what you're hinting at servo actuator do you think the pvp pinnacle weapons will be easier to get after the glory ranking changes uh, if it's glo- if it's anything's glory based then i would think so i mean it, they're definitely making it to where you can keep your streak uh you, you know you only go down one uh there's a solo queue playlist i i, I would imagine that it's going to be a little bit easier i don't think it's going to be a breeze but it probably won't be as frustrating as it was in times past uh mathan jar <laughs> Uh, Mason Jar spelled with a literal lisp. Mason Jar. I haven't been keeping up with D2 news as Borderlands 3. Speaking of armor, I heard a lot of talk about people being extremely worried about reskins. We've not seen any evidence of reskins outside of the raid armor. I believe the raid armor has been changed enough to be, I would say, acceptable. It's a bummer, but I would say it's acceptable in light of the fact that it's got extra, like, ornamental glowing pieces coming off of them and... I, I don't, I've not seen any other evidence of reskins anywhere. The only other reskins we've seen wasn't armor. It was the four forge weapons from A Curse of Osiris that have, like, moss and stuff all over them. Which is likely to be sort of reminiscent to the reskinned forge weapons like the Galliard and the Acantha D. Those year one weapons that could drop in the forges. It might be something like that. Well, but they're, they're specifically going to be something you can probably grind for in Vex Offensive because there's four weapons in Vex Offensive. And I'm pretty sure that's where those are. Evil the Waffler. In the main campaign, are we fighting Vex, Hive, or Fallen? I have no idea. I don't know. Um a bit of both probably because I think the campaign is going to center around Eris more than the Nightmares which will probably be a mixture of Nightmares and Hive and because there's Hive there's there's Hive all over the moon they're like red and then the Vex stuff's going to be happening too I, so I don't honestly know exactly this, how they're going to structure that you know point A to point B R. Tyler Lynn. Do you think that Bungie is putting off Savathun because they are still trying to work out how and how she would affect gameplay? How do you make a trickster god into a raid or story boss without running ruining their reputation, i.e. the trickster baron? I mean, I would think if they bring her into like a raid or something, then 
her raid bosses would all be illusions. Puzzles, bosses that aren't really there, you know, bosses that maybe we're familiar with or that they, they seem familiar and they're actually, you know, they're actually something else. Like, that's how I kind of think that they would structure it. I would imagine. I would imagine. Like, they wouldn't... I don't think they're going to... I honestly don't think that's the reason they're holding on to her. I think they're holding on to her because they want her and the Dreadnought to be the crescendo and the send-off for Destiny 2. That's what I think. Sunfire. Do you think that the new dungeon could be t- not be time-gated? Uh, do you see it staying around all the time instead of disappearing for three weeks? Well, I mean, we, we know when it launches, and I think what you mean by, like, it, like, leaving and coming back, leaving and coming back, um, you know, disappearing for three weeks, like you say. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they want to do that again. I don't think people like that. It was cool when they initially introduced the dungeon. It was part of a timed thing in the Dreaming City. But long term, I don't. I have doubts that Bungie concluded. Yeah, anytime we do a dungeon, it should be gone for three three weeks out of the month. I don't. I don't think that they would do that. Now, maybe every other week or something. But I would imagine that it's just going to stick around and be something you can do week to week if you want. Sin Veritas, do you think the spike weapons could be the moon weapons, similar to the Dreaming City weapons? No, I. Well. You know, I didn't think about that. I don't know. I I would wager to say we're not going to have moon weapons, and here's why. The moon armor set looks very similar to the guns that we have all theorized that we're forging with Eris Morn. They're kind of white. They're kind of... They have like a unique look, almost a tribal look to them. And her weapons look like those armor sets. So I think... Her weapons that we'll be forging on the rune table are basically the moon weapon pool, as opposed to like thin. What are some of the guns that you can get from from? They're like the red weapon, dust rock blues, and the right side of wrong, and is the hand cannon the thin red line or whatever the frick it's called? I can't remember what the name of it is. I I I think that those weapons were just like a here's a generic loot pool to represent the tangled shore. I don't think there's going to be a generic loot pool to represent the moon. The thin line? Yeah, thin red line. That's that's a freaking movie and I think a perk in one of the skill trees in Borderlands 3. Um, I don't think they have as much content this time around and that's probably one area where they kind of gutted it. Why have a generic loot pool when you can have direct loot pools? Vex Offensive, the, the Rune Table, Nightmare Hunts, the Raid, the Dungeon you know, specific places that you're going to be going to get those armor pieces and guns, I think allows them to give us less content. It's like, not less content, but less loot. And then it's a more intentional grind. If you really wanted a thin line hand cannon or a right side of wrong, you know, pulse rifle, there wasn't really intentional grinds to get get those. Um, So... I think the more shamanistic guns that look similar to the armor are just in the normal loot pool, and the spiked weapons are from the forging system. No, the reason I disagree with you is the shamanistic ones um, have like Eris's symbol on them, like those little those little decorations. And in the one trailer, she's making a weapon and like wrapping those things around the weapon. I I I think she's helping us literally forge those weapons on the rune table. I think there's a lot of visual clues to go that route in our thinking. I it makes way more sense I in my mind. The nightmare hunts are red on the map. The 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 hive are red and the nightmares are red and then the gun is red. There's there's a thematic thing happening there and the shamanistic weapons look like the shamanistic armor set which comes from the moon and then that I don't know that to me that just kind of makes uh, not to mention the necklace pieces glow when you're in the nightmares are nearby yeah and I she's like she's imbuing them with dark didn't they even say in the one trailer we'll have to go watch it I thought the one guy even said you're going to be making these weapons with Eris I thought they said that maybe they didn't you have to go watch that part where they talk about how they're going to glow when you're near a nightmare and see if they use any language to indicate that those are the ones you're making with Eris Big Mad Mo, do you think it could be the old other sister before we get to Savathun? It's possible. 
It's possible. I thought orcs killed her though. I thought there was only one sister left. Are both sisters still alive? I'm not the I'm not the lore expert. Uh, I know enough to like make some fun speculations and talk a little bit about it, but I don't actually know. I thought that he killed the other sister and that Savathun was the only one that remained. Um, Zivu Arath, Zivu is alive. Okay, people are saying okay, so they're both still alive. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, she can still be around in the storyline. Flying Mangoes. In one of the trailers or vid docs, they mentioned that we won't be able to deal with these new threats the way we are used to. Do you think this means that we are going to have to use finisher moves to actually kill these nightmares? Or do you foresee some type of new mechanic where we don't just kill them with outright damage? This question complements something I said a little bit ago with respect to when she's like become the thing that goes bump in the night. I think when we go into these areas, there will be like how he became ascendant to go into the Kingsfall raid and how when we're in some of these raids we use things inside there to fight with scorch cannons, siva charges, etc. We're not we're not typically picking up siva charges, right? But you go into a siva raid and you were picking up siva charges to fight siva. So we're going to be picking up think I mean, remember when you got torn from dimensions in Oryx's fight and you were like invisible? There could be something similar to that where like we become a nightmare to kill a nightmare you know you cannot kill a nightmare with the light you know you have to kill a nightmare with nightmarish powers that you're what they said what you're quoting could be right in line with uh, that kind of prediction I've kind of already made a little bit but again there there could be there could be even be guns or mods that are needed in some of these spots I don't know like the barrier champions and stuff have like a red shield around them so must mustache mustache or not <laughs> uh, love it I know uh, I don't know if you're a lore guy but I find it interesting that the new content is themed around the Vex and Hive do you think since the darkness is rumored to make an appearance that they'll delve into the connections between the Hive and the Vex the Ascendant Planes and the Portal Networks are supposed to be linked somehow and furthermore their deeper connection to the darkness I think this is cool but I think it's probably unlikely to happen in this DLC because it's a small DLC Rise of Iron in size and I think because of that, we're unlikely to get this depth that you're that you're hoping for. Because Rise of Iron didn't really go into any depth at all about SIVA. And we're getting a similar size DLC in Shadowkeep. So I would not expect these this level of nuance and specificity, I would not expect that in Shadowkeep. It's gonna be what the frick did you do, Eris? Oh my gosh, we gotta fight these things. Okay, we're we're here. We're here to help, and then that's gonna be like the thirty thousand flyover of the story, and we're not gonna we're not gonna get much deeper than that. I wouldn't think. <clears throat> Dancing Viru, do you think the nightmare hunts are like a dedicated deepened equivalent of wanted adventures from Forsaken? Maybe the wanted mini bosses and strikes will be replaced by nightmares as well. Ooh, I like this question. I like your thinking here because that was something I always said. What a shame that you can't go fight the hangman. That fight, I still remember that fight. I intentionally played through Forsaken Campaign solo and was right at level or a little under level all the fights. And I love that the intensity. That hangman fight, he's he's walking around and his little lantern is swinging and there's like the jail cells and the lights cascading through the jail cells and there's these big swooping shadows as he's coming near loved it you and the 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 sniper guy the trickster guy the mad bomber oh i loved it in the card scene where the you know spider's like these guys are taking over the tangle shore you know and the, the cards are falling I love that. And we were always like, man, why can't we go play those adventures? The nightmare hunts could very likely be we saw three, and we know that Omnigal, Fogoth, Gaul, and Crota, and I think somebody saw Axis. Okay? So if there's a six that we're missing, they could rotate each week. Three, then three. You know what I'm saying? So each week is three nightmares that we go hunt. So one week it's Oryx. Oryx, sorry, Crota, Omnigal, and Fogoth, and then the next week it's Gaul, Axis, and somebody else. Atheon. 
Yeah. Sco- oh, yeah, we saw Skolas. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of guys there. There's a lot of bad guys there. Um, so, I would think that your, your way of couching this kind of excites me because I always was irritated about that. I thought the, I thought the, the, the Baron fights as, as adventures was a bummer, right? Your spider impression sounds like a pirate. Oh, this be my pirate. What are you talking about? Um, I just went gruff for spider. I don't, I don't really know. uh, He's almost like barking at you a lot of times. In any case, I hope this is kind of the way that they take it. I would hope they go a little bit further than just like an adventure, but it'll probably kind of be uh, maybe inspired by the feedback we gave them. Like, man, the Baron adventures were so good. <clears throat> Vendetta. Hey, Lono, do you believe the culmination Luke Smith is uh, talks about might be a raid or a raid layer? You probably already talked about this before, and I know from experience how hard time-consuming is to type content... Uh, how hard and time-consuming that type of content, but I don't think Bungie will only release one raid per year considering the boost they get on Twitch. Yeah, but that doesn't really put money in their pockets. Um, a brand new sub from King Spacely. Thank you so much, King. Uh, enjoy the dope badge and emotes. Enjoy the Borderlands emotes. Enjoy ad-free viewing on the channel. Um, here's the thing. If we get another raid after Garden of Salvation, the most likely timing for it would be spring. Okay? They won't have enough time to build one for the winter. And if they build one for the summer, the summer is too close to September 2020, which is likely to be another DLC. I call it Taken Queen. Um, So... Oh, it's a Twitch staff. Love how you break everything down, man. Genuinely enjoy the creep out of your streams. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I like I said, timing-wise, spring makes the most sense. Because if they make a raid for the summer that's really close to uh, September 2020, and in my mind, September 2020 has taken Queen, Savathun, Dreadnought, new raid. That's, my, that's just where my mind goes. Um... So, I would, I would, I would think, I would think that the best timing is spring. It's, it's in the middle, it's in the middle, and there's enough distance between. If we get a raid in the spring, I would kind of expect it to be small. Raid layer, size, smaller than Scourge, smaller than Crown of Sorrow. We're talking Eater of World size. Eater of World size. Or, hang with me, in lieu of not getting raids in the following seasons, what if they have three raids, don't they? Right? Well, not really, because I mean, they have Leviathan, Scourge, and Crown. To me, Leviathan, Scourge, and Crown are like standalone raids. Leviathan's humongous. In comparison, I'm sorry, Last Wish is huge, and so is Leviathan in comparison to Crown. But what if you got winter, spring, and summer? What if each of those was a retreatment of those raids? We're, we're, you know, we're not in a position where we can give you guys a new raid every season, but we wanted to give you raid content. So, Season of Dawn, we're going to be revisiting Leviathan small changes, loot updates. And then in spring, we're going to be revisiting Last Wish. And then in summer, we'll be revisiting uh, Scourge and Crown of Sorrow at the same time. I don't know. Um, you see what I'm saying? Like, th- th- that's, that's, a, that's a shot in the dark. I don't know. Because to me, it's just like, I, they are, they've lost so much bandwidth. So if they could outsource it, look, they're not working with Vicarious Visions and they're not working with High Moon Studios anymore, but they could contract them to build raids. I mean, Vicarious Visions built Crown of Sorrow and High Moon Studios were pretty sure helped with um, Scourge of the Past. They don't have that developmental bandwidth anymore, which means the likelihood of them cranking out that many raids or that much raid content is unlikely. So, 
people saying a raid every season I'm like I don't know how the frick you expect them to make more raid content than they've ever done with less bandwidth than they ever had when they were cranking out raids you know every other season so Jinja 300 when they showed off the moon map at Gamescom there was only three nodes for Nightmare Hunt do you think the Nightmares will rotate weekly yeah we just touched on that I could see them doing that uh, you know, this week would be, as I said, Crota, Omnigol, and Fogoth, and then the next week, three others. Or mix and match and have them in there together, I don't know. Maverick 8. Should people just quit Destiny if they're upset about reskins? Destiny will be thinner than ever in the coming seasons, and reskins are a necessity. Um, I don't waste a whole lot of energy on people that get super dogmatic about reskins. There are people that I think get sort of acceptably 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 acceptable is acceptably a word there's an acceptable level of criticism for the reskins I said acceptably and I don't like the way that it sounds acceptably anyway there's an acceptable level of criticism for reskins and I think a lot of people that hang out here and talk on reddit they're in a they're they're in an uh they're in an okay spot the people that get really trollish and really negative and just me it's like okay then i guess you can go play something else right uh no not excessively i was saying it was an acceptable level of criticism um it's not like this willfully like oh this should just be negative uh so I, you know but to tell somebody like just go play something else just go play something else uh, I do that sometimes. I just get fed up. I'm like, um, acceptably in an adequate or satisfactory way. So acceptably is a word. It sounds so, it's, <laughs> it sounds weird. I said acceptably and I was like, that sounds like I made a, a, up a word. Um, like I think I said once I said epiphanistic and I don't know if epiphanistic is a word. Like I had an epiphanistic moment, like an epiphany. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Man, that guy uses really big words. It's not hard when you make them up. Um, See, so yeah, I don't, I don't waste a lot of energy on these people. If, if, if they're, if they're gonna get that upset and really dig in their heels, it's like, yeah, then go play something else, I guess. You know. Yeah, is epiphanistic a word? <laughs> is epiphanistic a word? Uh, Astrid eight. <laughs> epiphanistic is a word. Jedi mind tricks. Will any Forsaken be available when Destiny first moves the team? No, there's a light. Um, well, hang on, hold, hold on. No Forsaken activities will be available, but I'm fairly certain you'll be able to go to Taken, uh, Tangled Shore, and Dreaming City, but you can't do the activities, I think, because those locations are available through New Light. Uh, epiphanous is a word, but epiphanistic is not a word. I had an epiphanous, an epiphanous moment. Epiphanistic just sounds cooler. Epiphanistic. The Epiphanistic Seven. <laughs> That's a movie about all these cowboys that suddenly come to realizations all at the same time, and, and then they become named uh, the Epiphanistic Seven. Yeah, there are. There's a license. Um, there's a license transfer that's um, that's going to be happening in the background. I, I don't know how long it's going to take for Forsaken licenses to be transferring. Um, if you went from like Blizzard to Steam like I did day one you're gonna be like probably unable to run blind well or Forsaken Strikes or something uh, so but that that's gonna be going on in the background I would anticipate maybe a day for that to happen two months from Double B th- it says bring on the Shadow Keep thank you Guys, thank you again for all the new follows and all the new subs. If you're here and you enjoy the interactive podcast style content, clicking follow is a free and easy way to support me. Uh, If you sub to the channel, we have Borderlands emotes. We've got some awesome emotes for you. And you get ad-free viewing on my channel when you sub here. I know ads became pretty disruptive on the Twitch platform. uh, And some good things are going to come out of TwitchCon that I can't talk about. But for now, uh, I'm giving... And for the foreseeable future, I see no reason to turn it off. People seem to be responding really well to it. So if you sub, you won't see ads. So yeah, that that's going to be happening with Forsaken, but I wouldn't anticipate that lasting longer than a day. Uh, McCheshire. 
Hey Lono, do you think the more recognizable nightmares such as Gaul and Omnigal are going to be used for adventures similar to how the Forsaken Barons were? Yeah, somebody already asked that one, McCheshire. Slayer, the yearly September DLCs have always brought some new achievements to Destiny. Have we heard if this is continuing with Shadowkeep? They've not made any mention of it. Ghostface, with exotics being a reward for the harder difficulty to nightmares, shouldn't they be new instead of the same old ones we've had for two years? Well, yeah, obviously we would hope that exotic drop rate protection actually works because uh, it doesn't seem to work. Um, when you get to the point where there's a very, very small pool of exotics that you don't presently have and you're still getting like repeat exotics, that's pretty irritating. You know, you're like, what the frick is going on? Well, one of the reasons for that is that I don't think exotic drop rate, you know, dupe protection has ever worked. Um, so. Hopefully it starts working, because it'll be a real big bummer to have all these new exotics and, like, start grinding out these activities and get, like, your seventh pair of, you know, Orpheus rigs and you don't need them. Now, on the on, on the, on the front face of this, though, don't look at this the wrong way, because you might, you might want to get some repeat exotic armor pieces because of the stat rolls. The guns would be pretty irritating. I don't need another Graviton Lance. I don't need another fill-in-the-blank. Please stop giving me sunshots, whatever the frick might be dropping for you. Tractor Cannon or whatever. You would hope that they would have it set to like only drop armor if it's going to be a dupe drop. Animus Control. How do you feel about the Trials armor being mistakenly present in the launch trailer? Uh, we talked about that in the video that went over the launch trailer, a separate video, separate Q&A, but we did talk about that, how it was apparently, I got a little bit of a hat tip from a former Bungie artist that it was outsourced to a vendor and that outside vendor made a mistake and I read Cosmo's statement as, it's not earnable during Season of the Undying I believe that that indicates it'll be earnable later. He could have said this was done by this was done a mistake. That armor will not be earnable, and he could have left it at that. But when he says it will not be earnable in season of the Undying, he's sort of encasing his comments to one season. So, let the hearer understand is kind of what I think. Avid shreds for someone who is just getting back into Destiny and has only played Destiny two. Oh, you have only played Destiny 2. What would be the best way to find fire teams and level up? Um, you know, there's LFG websites. Sending messages to people sometimes really works. You hang out here, and if you sub, you can use our Discord and our LFG and get to know people in this community. Uh, I'm not trying to get you to sub to my channel. That's not what I'm trying to do, but like, it's a pretty good group of people here. Um, DestinyLFG.com. DestinyLFG.net. Uh, there's a Destiny LFG Discord that you don't have to spend any money to get into, probably. Uh, you could try that if you don't want to try out the one here. Um, all of those would be uh, perfectly acceptable. Yeah, the 100.io is a good site. Uh, Gapora Link with the Divinity uh, with the Divinity and now the Trials Armor mistakes. Do you think there is an ulterior motive? Bungie has never made this many mistakes before. Tinfoil hat. Nope. The more I think about it, the more they're probably outsourcing this stuff to free up bandwidth and simple mistakes like this happen when you outsource. El Pinto Loco, in your opinion, what is the path forward regarding exotic armor? Right now, there are a lot of exotics. Uh, There's a lot of exotic armor, some of which are bad, uh, that maybe are not even worth a... Yeah, I mean, Stag, Winter's Guile, Wings of Dawn. Um... As far as, as, as far as like fixing exotic armor, I would say attack it from two fronts. Number one, number one, come from the side of here is armor that feeds you super energy and that needs completely retooled. I would retool that. Um, armor should not be feeding you super energy. Second, uh, second. I would say go to armor that sucks and figure out a way to make it better. Underrepresented armor. I have no idea if they have time to do that though. Nighthawks. Will weapon mods like Rampage Spec be perma unlocked as well or just armor mods? Okay. If you own a weapon mod right now, it will be converted into a slottable and unslottable mod in After Shadow Keep. So you don't need eight Rampage specs. You just need one in your inventory, and it'll convert it to a a slot and unslottable. 
dad not good in the latest vid doc showing tier one powerful rewards uh, at the crucible lab section do you think this means that varying quality powerful drops will be introduced yes we've seen tier one i'm assuming tier two tier three will come from harder difficulties and maybe afford you bigger drops or maybe being needed once you're a certain level i don't know because you're probably going to slow down your leveling once you're so high Sulfur. Since Shattered Throne was tied to a cycle in the game and then didn't tell us when it was going to be released, do you think the new dungeon will be available all the time? Yeah, we already had this one. I don't know. I would think they'd let it be available all the time. Fuzzy Boz. Uh, since Ghost made fun of the Cabal for having tanks in space, do you think he will say anything when we have tanks on the moon? I don't know. Probably. Sacrificer. Do you think unique non-exotic weapons have a place in Destiny? Think unique blues from Borderlands 3, lore-based weapons like the Perfect Paradox. Um... Yeah, I think so. I mean, isn't that what a Nightfall specific reward is? Isn't that what the Warden's Law is? You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I've ever actually looked at uh, a Warden's Law, but it says fight, win, and then it says fatal exception has occurred. Like this seems tied to the Warden, the Warden of nothing. You know, um, so just the flavor text feels tied to him. Uh, so, you know, I don't know. I, I, I do think there's room for that. I think that we already have some of that in some places. Rebel Killer. Hey, Lono, do you think that the finishers are also being used to help minimize our supers? Uh, no. I think they're saying you can use your super energy in the way that you see fit. You know? Kiniko, what class will be better to play choice I don't know make up your mind I, that question doesn't I mean I, I have no idea what you're even asking about play play them all and try the ones that you think look dope and then play the ones that you think are dope uh, Fatal Quantum so during the launch trailer when you hear the line we've been waiting to me it sounds like a ghost that has been tormented talking what do you think yeah it's either an actual ghost of a dead guardian that's been you know harnessed by something else or they harness our ghost to talk to us and our ghost is going to talk about feeling like gross afterwards you know something like that uh i'm strats or strats what would you want to make doing strikes strikes more enticing a bounty system with zavala that keeps me in the playlist is what i've always said um you grab a bounty from zavala that can be done over and over again so in the same way that when you're done with the chalice it gives you another chalice if you watch the actual like feed you get a gun and then you get the chalice back you're turning in the chalice and getting another chalice back is essentially what the game is doing they're working within the confines of this game they can't make the chalice static you actually complete the chalice like a bounty and then you get another one so repeat bounties could function the same way hey you ran two strikes here is the vanguard you know weapon this week is a shotgun here's the here's the vanguard shotgun boom oh i don't like the roll you stay in the playlist a reason to keep people in the playlist and not go to orbit would be maybe after five strikes instead of getting the bounty to complete every other strike it completes every strike so then you're just in there all day getting that shotgun checking the rolls checking the rolls it would be called like a repeatable or a reloadable bounty um because I think Ada Ada's bounties kind of forge that idea and we need more of it. And the strike playlist should function as a playlist. You just go in and stay in there for long periods of time. Strike specific loot in the playlist doesn't make sense, but a bounty that from Zavala is tied to the Vanguard playlist makes more sense. O- OTVC. Sorry if it's already asked, but do you think that there's still some armor and weapons they haven't shown? I don't know. Maybe, you know, there could be other places and things we haven't seen yet. Nighthawks. Hey, uh, will weapon mods like Rampage Spectre be promoted? Yep. Uh, we are, you already answered that. You already asked that. Guys, if you get a response from Nightbot when you submit a question, uh, I think we've had some error connecting to remote server today. So maybe your questions are getting through and you're getting an error and maybe you're resubmitting. I feel like people are submitting multiple, to, uh, one question multiple times sometimes. Uh, Stuper, uh, Super Stua. Do you think that there will be a vendor on the moon like other locations? It's going to be Eris. I think we've already seen her symbol on the moon as an NPC. And I think she's going to be where you go to do like bounties and then her rune table. Oscar. Hello, Lono. Are we hunting the nightmares and his original locations except for Atheon Axis are the only ones to do this? Wait, hang on. Are we hunting the nightmares and his original locations except for Atheon and Axis are, are the only ones to do this on the moon? 
I don't, your question's very poorly written, homie. I, it, as far as I know, nightmare hunts are old bosses we've defeated, and I don't know where we're going to fight them. The Dirty Swede. Do we think Eris will be the NPC on the moon? Yep, just had this question. Uh, Commander Tyke, do you think our guardian will talk again in Shadowkeep? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I don't really care about that. Honestly, that's never been a big, important thing for me. Uh, Matanagi. Um, you guys are asking questions that don't really work in Q&A. Like, do you think our ghost is going to make a remark about tanks on the moon? Uh, come on, guys. Like, you want me to speculate on that? Matanagi, do you think it would be interesting if one of the two new strikes didn't have one boss in the sense that the boss actually rotates between the nightmares? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, to me, it would make sense to use the nightmares in the nightmare hunts. I mean, I could see the nightmares showing up in the strikes or the story, but I don't know about having, like, not a boss, but a rotation. I, yeah, again, I don't know why you would do that. Nightmare hunts seem to be their own activity centered around nightmares. You guys are, like, you're making a suggestion about content we haven't played yet. Like, I have no idea how nightmare hunts are even going to work. So I don't know why we would even be like, well, wouldn't it, you know, do you think it'd be interesting if they did this? It's like, I don't even know because I don't even know how it's going to work. Uh, Dr. Vizhnevsky. The Redrix Pulse Rifle, our first Pinnacle Crucible weapon. Once you obtain it, the weapon is thrown into the Crucible loot pool with randomized barrel and magazine mods. Do you think this approach could be added to exotic weapons to address the issue of duplicate drops? Some variation. Oh, I mean, that, there's there's no way they would do this anytime soon. That would take a long, long time to make sure you don't break the game. I don't think that's needed for exotics, no. Willy Will. I don't know. How do we get Bungie to fix comp boosting and win trading? Um, I'll be honest. Don't. I just don't care about this. They have so many big fish to fry, and this is like a trout. Um, this just doesn't matter. Uh, you know what I'm saying? This is like. This isn't even a trout. This is like a teeny little goldfish. They have far bigger fish to fry than to freaking worry about people trading wins in comp. I know that y- it, it's upsetting. And I know it takes away from your hard work to see somebody do it and blast their way to the end of something. And I know that's not cool, but they have far bigger issues to deal with than this. I would say DDoSing is a significantly bigger problem than this. Um, AFKing is even more annoying, but at the very least, you know, that is avoidable if you run with a team. You know, it's it's never fun to like go and freaking kill a bunch of people who are AFK, like, if you really wanted to play. Um, so, it ruins matchmaking. I mean, again, I'm not saying that it doesn't need addressed, okay? I'm not trying to act like, oh, it's not a big deal, this is stupid. I'm saying they have far bigger issues to, to like, to deal with here. Um, they have far bigger issues. This is not a whale of an issue like DDoSing or, like, AFKing maybe would even be worse I, I, you know what I'm saying it's it's hard to know it's hard to know here's what I think happens okay here's what I think happens I think AFKing and boosting are problems that are they're felt in a really extreme way when you have to deal with it and it leads you to maybe exaggerate the impact of it on the community at large because it's really frustrating um if you guys remember when Fortnite first came out and we were all getting stream sniped by people using aimbots, um, that was infuriating. And I think we felt it in such a strong way, but the reality was most people booting up Fortnite probably weren't facing these guys. Um, now it needed addressed. I think cheating in Fortnite was, it was a huge problem and it did get addressed. Aimbots, you know, it got addressed. But boosting and win trading, um, if it's done properly in other, like in other markets, like other, I don't know, I don't know how this really hurts you that much. Saying it like ruins matchmaking. If they're doing it right, then it shouldn't really affect you like at all. Um, so I, I don't know. Um, I would, I would say when they get put on your team, well, boosting and win trading, that's not how it works. They shouldn't be getting put on your team. Um, so not really sure what you're referring to there. Um, 
016. I'm sure it's been asked before, but do you think we'll even get a Destiny 3? Because the way Luke and others have talked in the Vidoc last week, it seems like they want to continue to support D2 for the years. Oh, no, D3 is inevitable. I, I think D3 is inevitable. I don't think they they can't do five years in this in this game. No way. No. Two. Max. Two. Maybe. Maybe three. You are... There is literally no way we're going to spend five years... You think we're going to be playing Destiny 2 in 2024? Do you honestly think that? They got a five-year plan that starts this year. We're going into year three. So you got year three, four, five, six, seven. Okay? So that's 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023. Sorry, 2023. You think we're going to be playing this Destiny 2 in 2023 on new consoles? There is just no way. I just I I can't see that as a future that exists. I have a just so many doubts about that being possible. Um, limited space, outdated tech, old engine, uh, difficult to make content, can't interact with dedicated servers. Um, it ports beautifully to PC, but it just it's still I just I just don't think so. Um, wasn't Bungie's plan for Destiny a 10-year plan when it started? Well, no, the 10-year plan was never anything they said. Mark Noseworthy said in a really early vid doc, this is a game we're going to envision you playing for 10 years. He was saying, we're envisioning this being a long-standing franchise that you're going to be invested in for a really, really long time. They didn't have a 10-year plan. I mean, we're five years in, and they got a five-year plan from this day forward. So, I mean, that is 10 years. So, <laughs> I would say, um, you know, that... Destiny 3 is inevitable. I I just highly doubt if if a new Xbox launches in 2020 of next year and a PlayStation 5 probably around the exact same time. It'd be really weird to get into 2021, 2022, and then 2023. Boom, boom, boom. I mean that's a lot of years on those new platforms in Destiny 2. Just it and given what Luke Smith has said about the technological limitations of the game and adding and having to remove, there has got to be some groundwork being done right now on a new engine. And that could be the new technology they're working on. That could be a new engine. That could be maybe trying to build a hybrid engine or something. I don't know. A hybrid that interacts with cloud technology so then the cloud can hold stuff. But cloud-based gaming is tough because, I mean, weren't we supposed to be destroying 100% destructible buildings in Crackdown? Like, what the frick happened to Crackdown and cloud-based gaming for the Xbox with harnessing the power of 11 Xboxes? What the frick happened to that? You know, where did that go? Remember that? Remember all that from a couple years ago? Um, so. And there's also the chance that they really try and go MMO and they go to something like World of Destiny or Destiny Universe and leave the, you know, Destiny 2, Destiny 3. Destiny 3 is more marketable. Because it's clear it's not a DLC. So, um, I I don't see us being in this game and on this director until 2023. I don't see that as being uh, possible. Single evolving world is a strong statement, but it's not a it's not a long term permanent statement. It's a it's an identity. It's a philosophy. So single evolving world doesn't mean we stay here it means this that's the structure that's the identity and philosophy for destiny which would inform destiny 3 just as much so that's plenty of questions guys if you're here live clicking the follow button the little heart button is a free way to support me i'm not shutting the stream down so stick around we can keep talking and discussing you can tell me i'm wrong that you think destiny 3 is never going to happen if you're listening to this on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube you can probably catch me live go to say no to rage.com it should take you right to my twitch channel you can hang out live and submit questions as always please like share and subscribe